You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hello, and welcome to the Sport Horse Podcast. I'm Nicole Lakin. And I'm Tim Morden. And we have a great guest today to cover a topic that uh, a lot of you have been asking about, and that's equine nutrition. Our guest today will be Annika Halabik. Um, she's currently a consultant, an equine nutrition consultant, also a veterinarian, um, and she's done some really cool research in the past. Uh, but it's a, it's a bit of a unique discussion. We maybe bounce around a little bit, but uh, we had so many different uh, questions to ask her and, and different things that I think both Nicole and I, just in talking with friends and different people around uh, the horse shows and in the barns, there are all of these different topics that come up around equine nutrition. And I think given that it's so sort of heterogeneous with how people sometimes tackle uh, nutrition in their sport horses, we thought it would be sort of nice to go through some of those topics and to try to check them off the list a little bit and get uh, uh, some feedback from a true subject matter expert. So uh, I think it's an episode that was you know really informed by what you guys were asking for, and I hope you enjoy it. Absolutely. So as Tim said, our guest today is Annika Halabik. Uh, She studied veterinary medicine at Utrecht University, followed by specializing in veterinary nutrition for her PhD with a focus on equine nutrition. In 2002, she finished both and started her own equine nutrition consultancy. She developed the special veterinary horse diet, Sonicky, later changed to Bon Pard, and leads a postgraduate course for veterinarians on equine nutrition in practice. Since 2018, she's also responsible for the nutrition information, including articles, webinars, and events on the website pardonarts.nl. Um, I apologize if I mispronounced that. My Dutch is not not particularly good. Um, her main focus is to get good scientific-based knowledge about horse nutrition and the relation with health and disease into practice. Hi, Annika. Welcome to the Sport Horse Hi. Podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. Very excited to be here. Excellent. So let's get right to it. Many of our listeners have horses that travel extensively for competitions. Mm -hmm. Do you have recommendations for adjusting rations due to differences in hay quality um, at different locations or any recommendations on how that hay quality can be assessed quickly, especially when you are on the road and on the go? Okay, well, that's quite a question to start with. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a good question, and uh, I'm glad that you asked the question also, especially about the hay. I think there were times that the hay was quite forgotten and only was seen as a filler of the stomach or the guts. But I think uh, I hope that everybody now realizes how important the hay is uh, for the health and the nutrition of the horse. Um, and it is important to keep the hay well, more or less stable or duration more or less stable, uh, not to influence the, the, the gut flora on, the, on uh, the wrong side. And therefore, the hay quality is very important. So if you are um, on the road for a long time and you're not able to take all the hay or roughage what you're feeding with you, um, well, you, ha- you have to prepare. I mean, you have to think about it beforehand. Uh, and there are different ways, I think, a little bit depending on uh, the situation that you're in. Uh, if it is so, and I don't think that's already the case, that there are maybe already analyses of 
the quality of hay where you're going to, then you can, of course, already check a little bit if that's compatible with or comparable with what you're already feeding, or if there are much differences, you can you can start changing it already. Uh, of course, mostly most of the time it isn't. Um, then you should take at least an amount of hay with you that should cover of about four, five, six days. Uh, of course, you you feed the hay while traveling. Uh, that should be the amount. But if you when you arrive, uh, you have to change the hay gradually, and uh, you can do that in about four or five days. Uh, then the, the 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 gut flora has some time to adjust to the new feed that's coming in. And also, what you also see is that horses adjust their chewing um, to the quality of the hay they get. So they need some time to adjust the, the 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 strength of chewing on the new hay, and also that needs some time. And that also has to do with uh, problems in the digestive system that they can have if you do it too quickly. Um, I think that's one of the most important uh, things that you do it uh, as gradually as possible. Uh, if you have the the, the possibilities to uh, to read and analyze, you can uh, do a better. Uh, combination because the the risk a little bit is that if it is really another quality uh, especially in energy and of protein of course then your ration can just be not good enough for the performance that you want to do uh, you will never find out but it's just one of the factors that is of course uh, uh, adding up to whatever you want uh, your horse to do in this I would also say that while feeding, and that is for every horse all the time, uh, but especially also in, in, in sport horses, make or try to make uh, the gut flora as robust as possible. Uh, and I mean with that, um, I hope that everybody knows what I'm talking about when I talk about the gut flora. Uh, in the digestive tract, we have a very large colon, that's the, the, the final part of the digestive tract, but in, in horses it's really very, very big and voluminous. So uh, all the hay is digested there by bacteria mainly, and we call that fermentation. That process uh, is important for the production of energy for the horse, but also important for, say, the immune system, a little bit just like what it is in our lives. Uh, and if you make that as robust as possible uh, with good quality of hay, no molds in it, of course, uh, but also a variation in fiber types. So not only one fiber, but different type of fibers. They are used on a different way by the, the gut flora. Then you have a good diversity and it is less quickly disrupted if you feed something else. And therefore, it's a bit, yeah, it's a good way to to also prevent things like gas colics, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so that should be a basis for really every horse. Really, really interesting. And and I wanted to to just circle back to that point about building that robust gut flora. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned that you know different uh, fiber types and and sort of the more variability maybe within a hay in consistently can help make that uh, flora more robust. So would you almost recommend then? um like feeding like if a horse is stabled at home and it has access to maybe like a first cut of hay and a second cut of hay like sort of cycling through those throughout a day or sort of mixing and matching those like is that what you would recommend or um 
if that's possible, um, every um, batch of hay is different. Uh, it's from a different time of the year. It's from different pastures, from different type of grasses. And it all makes it a different uh, product for the gut flora to ferment. Um, so you can choose the hay quality. And I think you can maybe choose, I don't know if it's possible for with you, but you can choose between hay that is produced from uh, pastures that have a, a mixed or variety of grasses in it. But sometimes you can also buy hay from monocultures. Uh, the last part is not the best, I think. It's better to have a mixed type of grasses. So that's also, that's already a variety. But you can also add products to your feed if it is in your concentrate or you do it separately. That also has a high fiber content. And all the fiber, I mean, it has the same name, but it, it, it has a, a different uh, composition. Uh, I know, don't know if you are familiar with cellulose and hemicellulose, pectin and lignin. They're all types of, of uh, fiber components and they are used by different bacteria in different ways. So if you use um, all already, um, you know, alfalfa, lucerna, that is also a type of, uh, of uh, forage, of course, you can add that. Um, you can also think of components that is used in the concentrate that are made of the hulls from the grains or the hulls from beans, um, like the hulls from oats or the hulls from soybeans, or I mean, that are hulls that also have a high fiber content and they have a different, different type of fermentation. Um, then you also have something that's called, uh, you probably know probiotics and prebiotics. Um, prebiotics are in fact some fiber types and probiotics are live microorganisms that you can add or that you can eat I mean, we also have some uh, probiotics that we can use and that will increase the, the, the health of your uh, gut flora and for horses there are some possibilities it's the evidence is there but it's not very strong if you use the 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 probiotics as the only thing that you do to improve the gut flora but if you do it together with all the other uh, things that you can do then I think it can be helpful and then you have to think of live yeast cultures that are the probiotics that are possible for uh, for horses but again it's not the only thing that you can that you should do it's not that you only have to add a supplement of uh, live yeast but if you do it with all the things together uh, beet pulp is maybe something that you also uh, know that is a uh, a type of feed that is made of the sugar beet. Uh, the pulp is the, the the fiber that is left over when you extract the sugar. That also is a type of fiber that is changing the fermentation a little bit. So there's not one recipe, but you have, just have to think a little bit about how you should make a composition that well, fits your possibilities and fits your horse. Awesome. Really, really valuable information there. Um, I feel like there's so much to ask. I'll try to stay focused <laughs> here and uh, push forward. But I'm, I may circle back to some things. Um, and another thing that often comes up, and we had a little bit of a discussion before we started uh, recording about the definition of sport horses, but uh, so I'll maybe let you touch on that. But can you provide some recommendations for how, the proportion of hay that horses should be fed relative relative to the amount of concentrate they should be fed in sport horses? Yeah, so well, uh, what I was saying about uh, what we're, we're discussing about sport horses is that uh, a lot of people ask, what is a sport horse? When is my horse a sport horse? 
And I think, you know, whenever you train and whenever you're doing competition, you're training your horse and you're doing sports. So then you have a sport horse. For nutrition, you also have some levels in energy requirements that will increase when the uh, performance is increased. You know, when there's a light level, medium level, high level. Um, so that is also when the, the performance or the sport that you're doing is on a higher level, of course, you have to feed more. Uh, the fact is that a lot of sport that horses are doing is for the horse n- not such an intensive performance. So that's why you, you, you do not have to feed them a lot of concentrates. I think even a lot of sport horses can do on roughage if they have the right quality. But that's most of the time the most difficult thing to always have the right type of quality of roughage for your horse. Uh, For your question, how much should you feed? Um, For all horses, big or small or whatever they do, um, roughage is the the, the most important part. And uh, you should always feed at least... 50% 50% or 60% of the energy requirement to translate it for the amount of uh, of uh, forest that you should feed. I think we say it in the nutrition terms in dry matter, that's a little bit more complicated, 1.25 kilogram of dry matter per 100 kilogram of body weight. If you translate it to fresh hay, it's about one and a half kilogram of hay per 100 kilogram of body weight per day so that's a minimum amount it's not enough for energy and protein so you should give more you can give more roughage easy you can give a lot of it unless the horse becomes too fat the 1.5 kilogram uh, hay per 100 kilogram of body weight is about the minimum uh, it's not enough for all the, the energy and protein, but it's for the gut flora, it is for chewing, it is for the motility of the of the gut. Um, so that is for every sport horse uh, more or less the same. Uh, maybe for some sport horses like racehorses, you want to reduce it a little bit before racing. Um, that is what is happening Um I'm not sure if it's for the health of the horses all always uh, a good practice. Um, but that's because those horses need a lot of high or fast energy like 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 starch and sugar. Um, but for most horses, I would uh, aim at uh, at that amount at least. and of course you can you can uh, feed more. There are uh, publications of uh, sport horses. Uh, at least trotter horses. I'm not sure if it's also racing horses, uh, but uh, uh, trotter horses in Sweden that uh, um, are grown up as a foal on uh, on a forage-only diet, and they are trained on a forage-only diet. They are used in competition in a forage-only diet, of course, with an added supplement, uh, vitamins and minerals, etc. But they never had concentrates or grains in their lives, and they're competing together with all the other horses and they don't see a difference. They used a high quality forage. I mean, lots of energy and protein in it. And as long as you can produce that, and I think that's why the the, the, the production of uh, forages or roughage is very important uh, to have a stable quality that you can use all the time. Really, really interesting. Um, yeah, just so many questions, I guess. Uh, the one thing I want to 
bring up because I'm sure a lot of people will ask is uh, like how does uh, grazing in pasture sort of fit into this whole uh, system and this whole calculation? Uh, so being on fresh pasture grass versus the roughage coming from hay, like how do you maybe adjust that calculation then? Um, that's a very good question. Yes, you can uh, estimate more or less the amount of grass that a, a, a horse is eating in pasture. Depends, of course, uh, how much grass uh, that they're growing. It should not be a very uh, a low amount of grass, but if there's uh, some grass uh, in it, you can calculate uh, how much uh, it will take in, in in an hour or so. And of course, there's a limit to what a horse can eat. There's a, a maximum of uh, of uh, gut of the, the 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 filling of the guts, uh, but you 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 can you can use that together. So if the, the horse is in pasture, of course you can feed a little bit less of hay, if that's uh, if that's uh, necessary. I think the limit, the upper limit, is more what a horse can have in the sense of energy intake. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is in your place the same, but we. Uh, in the Netherlands and in England as well, we have a lot of problems with horses that are becoming too fat, that are obese, and they have problems with their hormone hormone cycle. Or hormone cycles, I mean that the the, the system is a little bit uh, disrupted, and they get insulin resistance, and they get laminitis from it. So that's the upper limit. If the horse gets too fat, you have to feed less roughage. That's really interesting. Um... I, I am sitting here uh, trying to stop myself from doing what I usually do. And and that's try and relate it back to like a human athlete or to myself, because that's All the right. terms that yeah. are easier to process. But obviously, you know, equine nutrition and, and just the gut in general is so different um, that you can't, you know, think about things in as even close to apples to apples. However, there's one area that I think that um, I, I'm I'm sort of ruminating on, and that would be like thoughts about timing of feeding, especially mm-hmm. in relation to sport. Yeah. So do you have any insight into whether we should be feeding horses close to exercise or if, if there's like a, a ideal time before or after, um, yeah. if there's recommendations about like roughage before concentrate or like the number of feedings per day? Um, uh, any of any all of those the, all things. the lot. <laughs> okay great <laughs> um yes there are uh, things to say about that um at least let's let's first go through the day of a horse uh you have to feed your horse um i mean a horse is a grazer a horse is not a meal eater so you have to feed him throughout the day uh more portions and uh, uh one thing to look at it is do not Past a horse more than, say, at maximum six hours. So during the day, you have to give him portions of uh, of hay and you have to feed him, uh, say, late at night to come through the night. If the horse has not eaten a lot of roughage, then I think that's the first thing that you should feed in the morning because the roughage will start uh, chewing and chewing is an important thing uh, not only to to for the, the digestibility of the hay, but it's producing saliva. Uh, a horse can o- only produce saliva while it is chewing. It's also different uh, with uh, with people. Uh, and the saliva is an important thing to buffer the gastric acids. So the system of the horse is made uh, for more or less continuous eating because the stomach is producing gastric acid twenty four hours. A day. 
So that's why you have to feed them regularly. And that's why you have to start with Robert. So you start chewing, you start uh, making saliva. And after that, you can feed some uh, concentrates if necessary. Um, for exercise, I think um, it's not a very good idea to give him concentrates just before. A few reasons. One of the reasons, of course, is the concentrate will stay in the stomach for a while. And if you start exercising at that time, it can maybe um, give some problems in the stomach because it's not transported to, to the to the guts. Uh, it's not used maybe, so that's not a very good idea. Another thing is that concentrates give some easy digestible energy, glucose, for example, but the amount is never enough for your performance. So if you feed it just before your performance, then uh, maybe he has some energy in the beginning, but then the glucose in the blood is falling down and he has no energy anymore and he should recruit energy from his own body, maybe from glycogen, maybe from his fat tissue. That takes a while. So there's a drop in energy while you make your performance. So that's not a very good idea. What you can do is you give him a little bit of roughage before your performance because roughage is never giving any problems in your energy system. And it is good for the stomach to give him a little bit to eat be before you uh, you start. Um, sometimes for nervous horses, it is always also a little bit relaxing to eat a little bit uh, roughage before. And the roughage will make a little bit of a filling of the stomach that also prevents uh, problems with uh, the gastric juices that can go, well, I, I say like splashing around in the stomach when you do a very fast uh, canter. And uh, they they did research in uh, for in racehorses with that, so that's why the, the practice in racehorses by not giving them roughage is a little bit uh, tricky because in the race when the horse is uh, going very fast, then uh, the fluids of the the, the stomach can come in the wrong part of the stomach, and that's the area where the gastric ulcers uh, will appear. So it's better to, to feed them a little bit of roughage beforehand. And then after you're finished and after the exercises are done, then it is a good time to feed your concentrates, if you like, to add a little bit of energy. And uh, for horses that performed very hard and and uh, sweat a lot uh, sweat a lot and lost a lot of uh, fluids but also uh, salts then you can also add some salts or electrolytes in your feed and maybe make a slurry with a little bit of water and that will really regain so that's i think a little bit uh, the the strategy that uh, that is for for a lot of sport horses a good idea so the concentrates after and the roughage a little bit before Perfect. I think those are really, really nice guidelines and, and things that everyone can can work to follow in their own programs. Um, there are sort of two hot topics, at least in North America, that I find people are constantly you know chatting about. Uh, the first one, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on. Um, most of the stables that Nicole and I would go into, Monday is always the day off for the horses. Um, so typically in work, Tuesday through Sunday. And then Monday is sort of the down day where the horses don't do so much. And it's sort of the recovery day. Um, I've been in stables where on that Monday, they reduce the feed, at least the concentrate by around 
mm-hmm. with the idea being that the energy requirements aren't as great on that day. Um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about that, because I, I know when we first started this uh, discussion, you had mentioned a little bit that sometimes consistency is good, I, th- I think, especially yeah. on the roughage side. Um, but in this situation, when people know that the horse isn't going to be working, so and even maybe for a couple of days, like over the Christmas or New Year's holidays, I, we see that as well. Like, what are your thoughts on reducing the feed intake? Yes, well, of course, you you always have to think about what you are doing and where you are feeding your horses for. In general, I would say you will have a feeding uh, an, an average feeding level uh, for the whole week because you feed your uh, horse not per day, but more for his average energy uh, requirement or nutrient requirement. But if your plane of concentrate is quite high, I mean, concentrates are... On the one hand, a good thing because they give energy and they give proteins and they give minerals, etc. But they're also a little bit tricky because uh, starch is not always very well digested and that can cause problems in the in the large gut and that will uh, disrupt it and can cause uh, colic, etc. So that's why you always have to be a little bit careful with a lot of concentrates. But if the horse needs it for its energy, fine. But you are right. If it is on a high plane of concentrates, I can't say really how much, depends a little bit on the size of the horse, but say more than three or four kilograms a day. Um, and and there are days that you're not working or having a really uh, slow week before, you can lower it. And I would say, well, you say 30% fine, maybe even to 50% uh, to prevent any problems with too much building up of glycogen in their body that they are not using. So um, I would not change it every day. But if there are some lazy days or if, you know, for a period you have to stop and there are a high plane of, of, of nutrition, then I would uh, I would certainly do that. There is a disease. It's not so uh, familiar any, anymore, but they call it uh, Monday morning tying up. <laughs> and uh, that is because of this, you know, that were horses that were working in the field. Um, so this long time back, they were working in the field all day and they ate a lot of uh, a lot of grains. And, and when they were feeding them also the grains on Sunday, then on the, on the Monday morning, they were not able to get out of the stable because they were all stiff and, uh, and tied up. So that is one of the reasons you should uh, diminish it uh, on those days. Really, really interesting. And then uh, the second one I want to ask you about that, again, is a really hot topic, uh, at least North American and maybe uh, where you are in Europe as well, would be hay cubes and these forage cubes. and. Um, I think oftentimes they're marketed as like a clear substitute for hay, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, maybe some of the differences when those products are digested versus when a, a pure hay is di- digested. Yes. Well, we, we have some of those uh, uh, products and maybe not so much as with you, I'm not sure, but we do have an increase in the high fiber type of, uh, of uh, feeds for horses and uh, they are sometimes made of hay, but sometimes they're also made of beet bulb, or sometimes they're made of uh, of uh, alfalfa or combinations, etc. Um, if you uh, make those cubes, you have to uh, cut the hay in pieces, so they are uh, smaller, and the structure is um, less than the, the the whole hay would be. And the hay is an important uh, thing to feed to your horse because it stimulates the chewing. And I, I just 
uh, told that the, 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 the chewing was so important uh, for the horse to do. So if you reduce uh, the structure that you're giving or the, the fiber length uh, in the feed, then the horse will not chew so much anymore. Uh, the reason why they make the, the hay cubes, I mean, it's easy maybe. Maybe you can have a more or less constant quality. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think initially it's made for horses that cannot chew anymore or not so much like uh, older horses. Uh, then you have to provide the horse with some type of fiber in a way that he can eat it and digest it uh, and not too uh, too long of those uh, fibers uh, in, in the feed. So that was, I think, uh, one of the reasons to, uh, to start it. So you can add it to your diet, but I would... Uh, really ask why not the hay itself and why change it in hay cubes? I mean, make it practical and just uh, use the hay. I think that's the, the the first thing that I would advise for it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I there's one other thing that um, I think is sort of a, a a common sort of like popular thing to do. And I think that's just to sort of throw supplements at um, horses as a solution rather than um, maybe looking at at the core reason for any any type of nutrition related issue. Um, do you have any, you know, sort of rule of thumb or or good resources um, that people can can go to when they're trying to get a sense for whether, um, you know, they're they're actually solving a problem with a supplement versus maybe they need to revisit just the the base of what the horse is being fed. Um, and we had, we had a great conversation with one of your colleagues, Dr. Werner's about um, gastric ulcers, um, gastric ulcer syndrome the other day. And, and one of the points that he made was it's, they're treatable and you can treat them, but if you don't actually um, go back to the root cause and try to make a change, then you may not really be solving the problem. So um, do you have sort of a, a similar um, concept and, and some resources to help um, horse owners address that in terms of their horse's sort of basic nutritional requirements? Um, I think uh, the most easy way uh, to think of is that um, you always have to start with uh, the basic like your roughage or your forage or uh, the hay that you're using that's your base um, that's good for I think a lot of the energy and when the quality is okay also a lot of the proteins uh, so for horses that don't work very hard it should be enough but it never gives enough minerals and vitamins so you need a balancer to add to that and in our country it is with copper and zinc and selenium and vitamin e in your country maybe a little bit different depending on the soil and what's already in there um so if you just feed hay and a balancer for a lot of horses you're fine for sport horses you need something more because they need some more energy and uh, so then then you can uh, add uh, a concentrate the concentrates are made mostly by the um, manufacturer in a way that they think that you should give about two, three or four kilograms before you give enough minerals and vitamins. So if you do not use or do not need so much concentrates for your horse, only one or two kilograms, your mineralization is not good enough. So also then you can use with a mineral vitamin supplement. Um, 
And then there are two other supplements that I would recommend. Uh, one is the, the supplement with vitamin E. Uh, because um, in pasture and grass, there's quite some vitamin E in your feed, but in the in the hay, it will go down uh, during the time that uh, that you keep it. So especially in the winter, that will be low. Uh, and of course, that will also be in your concentrates. But mostly, it's uh, for the for the winter time not enough. So that's a good thing to add, especially for sport horses, but also for uh, breeding mares. They also need some extra vitamin E. Uh, and sometimes you can mix it together with selenium. Depends a little bit of, of, of the other mineral supplements that you're feeding, yes or no. Um, and what I already talked a little bit about or made a mention of is, is the electrolytes or the salt. Uh, it can be just salt, really. Uh, but when the horse is sweating, it's, it's, it's really losing a lot of salt. And that um, he will take it from a salt block if it's available uh, but for the recuperation it's i think better to add it as well so you can add some some salts or electrolytes uh, for your horse well what i told after after the after the performance so i think that the mineral vitamin supplement vitamin e and salt are three of the supplements that are quite general in use and i think that is also a wise thing to use uh, depending a little bit on your your feeding strategy and uh, the performance of your horse that's really really helpful um so one final question that we like to ask a lot of our guests or every guest actually um so mm -hmm. if you could communicate something to a horse and they would really know what you what, and fully understand what you were saying um, what would you want to tell them? What would you want them to know? <laughs> nice question. Well, sometimes I really wish I could talk to my horses <laughs> and ask them. Well, I would really ask them how they sometimes how they feel and what they think of it, what we are all doing with them. <laughs> I can, of course, ask them if they like the feed, but uh, while they're eating, okay, I think that's fine. But uh, I'm also riding my horses, and uh, sometimes you just wonder how do they uh, think of it. What do I think? Sometimes they like to go out, and sometimes you have to feel well. Better they sometimes they like to stay in. So uh, it's it would be a nice thing to ask that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so so much. Um, I, I feel like we have way more uh, to ask you than we could possibly get through in one episode. <laughs> uh, Maybe if we're lucky, we can get you back sometime. But uh, I think this information is really, really valuable. I would right. say nutrition is is a topic that everyone is really curious about. And, and I think there can be so much noise out in there in the world. So many people have different opinions on it. So get, getting a true uh, subject matter on to help clear up some of that is really, really valuable. So thank you so much for your time. Well, you're much welcome. And I really... Uh... Hope that it is uh, helpful. And I, I realize also that the nutrition is a very wide topic. And uh, I think it's uh, it's good if everybody who is feeding, owning and feeding horses know a little bit about it so they can do uh, well for their horses. I think that's an important, uh, important thing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed that conversation with Annika. Um, you know, equine nutrition, I know it's been on our sort of our list since the podcast started that we needed to get someone on here to, to address some of these questions that have been coming up. So I'm really glad we were able to get someone uh, as highly qualified as she is. Um, and I think it's one of those things where as you listen to the conversation, you start to think about, you know, maybe your own barn or 
other barns that you uh, may have the opportunity to go into and to start thinking about, you know, are okay, like, are there certain gaps or things that we could do, be doing better? So I'd almost encourage uh, everyone who's listening at home to sort of go through each of the talking points that Annika had and, you know, to just be honest with yourself. And are you doing uh, sort of what she recommended? And if you aren't, maybe there's a good reason for that. But I think it's just important to understand that reason. Or maybe it's something that you may want to try tweaking in, in consultation with uh, an expert such as her, maybe your veterinarian, to better understand it. You know, are, is there something, a change we can make that will uh, put our horses in a better position, you know, both from a wellness side as well as a performance side? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know for me, like, Annika gave us so much good information um, that I'm probably going to have to re-listen to that episode once or twice to really get it all to sink in. But she also has um, a bunch of really great resources uh, that we'll share with you in the show notes. So definitely, definitely check those out. Um, one interesting thing just that that I noticed as well uh, in, in this whole conversation about nutrition um, is that it's one of the areas that I think the sort of traditions of horsemanship actually really do align with the science. Um, and so I think that's all, always a really nice thing to see is that just that you do because that's been done um, actually aren't necessarily um, outdated in this particular case. But um, as you said, sometimes there is a reason to um, make adjustments for an individual horse based on their specific needs. So um, it's really good to have all the the great valuable work that Annika has done um, and, and to use it as a resource. So with that, uh, that's a wrap for today. You can find the links to today's guest. And as I mentioned, um, all the great resources will be there for you in the show notes at www.sporthorsepodcast.com. You can follow us on whatever app you're listening to this podcast episode now. Please follow us, rate us, review us. It helps other people to find the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sport Horse Series. You can have all 20 plus episodes of the Horse Radio Network with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to the App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. Here's to keeping your sport horse happy and healthy.